Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. And so in this series, we've been talking about the source of our influence. And that source of our influence is Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit is like a superpower. It's not It's not natural. Holy Spirit is not natural. So if we're doing ministry uh, and life just in our natural, listen, I'm going to tell you, that's going to be exhausting. You're going to find yourself striving. You're going to find yourself uh, beaten down. But when you operate in the Spirit, you operate at a different level. Uh, I mentioned earlier uh, about Paul during worship. I mentioned where Paul said to the church at Thessalonica, "Don't quench this, uh, or uh, yeah, don't quench the spirit." But there's another uh, great verse that I love there, and he's talking about people and the afterlife and what happens to believers. Uh, and he says, "Hey, it's not that we m- don't mourn when we lose our loved ones. Like we do mourn." But here's the difference, he says. We don't mourn like them because they have no hope. But we are people with hope. We are hope-filled people. And he says that we are people who, being filled with the Spirit, when we go through these struggles and trials and things in our life, we don't operate like, like the world who doesn't know Christ does. Like we operate at a different place. And I can give you time and time and time and time. Today, we're, Shay and I are having lunch with uh, Quentin and Sierra. Uh, many of you know who that is. That used to be one of our worship leaders here at, at Destiny. And uh, he now is serving in another capacity uh, at a church across town. And so we're just going to have uh, lunch with them. And, and because he's a son of the faith, he's one of my spiritual sons. And uh, I remember when they lost their first child. I, I went to the hospital and it was freakishly weird because they weren't mourning like many other people that had lost a, a child. I mean, I've been at the hospital when people have lost their child and I walk into the room and they're holding their deceased child and they hand their deceased child to me for me to hold it. And they're, they're, they're wrecked, and they can't get over it. And many times when families lose that, there is a statistic. We don't have to live by that statistic, by the way. Right. We don't have to. But there's a statistic that many times when a family loses a child, the marriage doesn't survive. Yeah. And so I walk in there, and I'm like, dude, these people, I'm just wondering if they're in denial because they seem like they're not affected. No, they were affected, but they were showing me something that I didn't even know. Because I had never walked through that. But they were walking through this death of a child with such a peace. And with, with, with an air of confidence that it's like it seemed unnatural. And it really was unnatural. Because they were walking in the Spirit. So... It's supernatural. It's a supernatural power. Um, There's a lot of talk going on in the church world. 
even spilling over into, uh, you know, Fox News, CNN, different, about revival right now. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about revival uh, in the church, and I might talk a little bit, I'll, I'll probably talk a little bit about that this morning, but if you've noticed, um, you know, I'm not on Facebook and everything, like, uh, on a daily basis. I don't post a lot of stuff on there, but if you'll notice, I haven't posted a lot about uh, the different revivals that are going on uh, around the country. It's supposedly what I've seen is that there are 21 universities, 21 colleges uh, at last count that are experiencing some kind of revival. Um, Shay and my own alma mater, uh, Lee University, is experiencing some of that, and I'm glad to hear that. But these are Christian universities, but Texas A&M and different places that are not notably Christian are, are experiencing this movement uh, uh, about uh, whatever the Lord's doing. And that's exciting to see what God is doing. And so as we talk about revival, there's a few things that I want to, to just point out about revival. Revival is, uh, you, listen to me, uh, I, I, I started to say I haven't said a, a lot about revival uh, and the stuff that's going on. I posted maybe two or three things uh, and one of them was my son-in-law. He went on a, a, an assignment to Asbury uh, to do a documentary on it. And uh, so he's a videographer, a documentarian. He makes, uh, you know, uh, independent movies. And so he, he went out there to do this documentary on it. So I posted that. I, I posted a few other things from him because, you know, one, I'm just proud of my son-in-law. Uh, and two, it kind of deals with current events. Other than that, I've kind of kept my mouth shut about uh, the revival. And um, I'm just going to be transparent. I, I'm going off script uh, here. I'm just going to be transparent with you. When I was seeing a lot of the stuff about revival, I just had a sick feeling in the pit of my stomach. And I'm like, God, why, am, why do I feel that way? Like, why am I feeling this way? Um. I don't know. I'm just investigating it because it's like I like what I'm seeing, but there's some uneasy feeling in my spirit, and I don't know why it's there or what it's there. So when you don't know, you go to the Lord and you ask him about it. And uh, the Lord just began to kind of reveal to me uh, that, um, you know, I had some feelings. This is my feelings. This is not the Lord's feelings, okay? He's just kind of showing me as I'm processing that well, you feel like people are going to get into it in the middle of it and mess it up. And I'm like, yes, you're right. I'm like, because man always messes something up. And I have only said this comment to one other person, and you're in the room. But I'm like, deep down, I heard this little voice. And I... And I'm like, oh, I don't want to say that even out loud because, like, it sounds so negative. But here's what it was. It's like, well, let's see who can start out revivaling each other now. Let's see who can start out revivaling each other now. Because the world we live in is so quick, it's so quick, it's so quick to jump on the bandwagon of, of anything. And if we haven't learned anything in the church world over the last 30 to really 50 years, 
if we haven't learned anything in the church world, we surely by now can see that we have adopted so much culture from outside inside. And instead of the sending agency, we've tried to be the bringing agency. Let's get our churches bigger. Let's, you know, the, the mega church has become the, the model. Uh, I'm not against mega churches, but I'm just telling you, there are, you, you got to call it what it is. It's not every mega church is, is, is amazing and healthy, and not every one of them is, is not. Every small church is not pathetic and us four no more, but some of them are. You just got to call it what it is at the time. And as I'm looking at this, I'm like, I just don't want to see it exploited. I was so happy when Asbury said, we're going to close this to the public because, well, there's just some practical things, security for one. I mean, I was at a Christian university. We had outbreaks, uh, you know, not, not like that while I was there, but we had convocations and big spiritual gatherings. It's like, you know, you, you have to be careful with stuff like that. But I was so excited when, when they said, uh, we're not going to exploit this. We're not going to exploit it. I'm glad that they didn't bring in the hottest uh, Christian names, you know, to come and take center stage. I'm like, man, if you watched Asbury, the, the message that the guy preached, which I watched the message, I mean, it's a good message. It's on point. It's about love. But it wasn't flashy or flamboyant. It was just the truth. That's what it was. It was just the truth. Homeboy is on stage, walks off stage. Walks off stage, goes down, but the wrong people with the wrong motives would have taken center stage and milked that for all it's worth. And then it becomes about them. It becomes about the man. And I don't know if you heard it. I've I've prophesied it myself, but I've heard other people prophesy it, is that this latter-day move, will be nameless. It will be among people who there is no one, like God is going to get the credit and there's not going to be any big names. There's not going to be any, any, any big names at the center of the stage. It's just going to be God. And I'm not saying those other moves, those other, but come on. Don't, don't we associate the Welsh revival with somebody? Don't we associate the Brownsville revival with somebody? Don't we re, uh, the Toronto blessing with somebody. Don't we do that? When it's like, dude, honestly, and I'm not saying that they were there trying to make themselves that. I'm just saying, man, men, we get in the way and we mess things up. And so I was like, God, you know, I'm checking my heart. I'm checking my spirit. I'm excited for what is going on in the world. But the church does and and some of you might even be in this room the church doesn't understand really revival there's a difference between revival and awakening yeah. there is a difference between revival and awakening and you know we want revival we want revival to come but you understand when you're saying revival come uh revival is you're reviving yeah. biba you know life you're re 
bringing something to life. You're bringing it back to life. Something that has waned, that has waxed. And, you know, um, I, I didn't have anybody to do this to me, but listen, I've had people uh, want to get buses together and let's go down to uh, Lakeland. And, you know, and I, and I just told the person uh, that they're like, they came to me wanting me to get a bus together. Let's charter a bus and go down to Lakeland. And I said, you can do that if you want to, but I, I'm not. Um, and I'm like, man, y'all, I'm fixing to get in the flesh. I'm like, man, you can't even come to church. Like, man, you can't even, you're not involved in any men's group. You're not involved in any, like you don't come regularly. You don't give and and support the mission of this house. But you're going to go to Lakeland. What, what's that, nine, eight? hours away from here you you you're gonna you're gonna spend two thousand dollars on a bus i'm like man just watch it on the internet like i've been doing you know but but you but, but what, what are you doing here not here in this room what are you doing right in your own backyard your own family your own world it's like bro i'm just telling you I, I'm in the flesh right now. I'm like, you can't even get your hands up in service. But you're going to go to the Lakeland Revival? Like, you know, I'm all for it. Go. But don't go down there and then come back. And have your hands in your pockets and your money in your pockets and your this and that, you know? Like, bro, come on, do it here. Like, you can't even get to church on time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Half of y'all didn't show up this morning. That's okay if you're a visitor, but my God, if you are a part of this house, do not come whining to me about revival if you can't get your tail out of bed and get here on time. The crowd, I told y'all I was in the flesh. Now, the visitors probably won't come back next week, and maybe some of y'all won't either, but my Lord in heaven, if you want revival in your church, you want revival in your life, start where you are, because the magic revival pills at Asbury or Toronto or whatever, that's going to be there and it's going to wear off. And do you know why? Because revival is not to be sustained. Revival happens, and this is what revival is. People say they long for revival. Friend, you don't long for revival. You might want revival. What you really long for is awakening. See, revival is for the people of God. The revival is for the people of God. It's to rekindle. Brothers and sisters, if we're going to be like, come on, man. If we are going to be true revivalists, you know what revival is? It's when Paul talks uh, to Timothy and he says, Timothy, 
I know it's hard over there in Ephesus. I know you want to cuss some of those people out. I know they're perverted. I know they're in church one Sunday here and there at the temple of, I don't remember if it was Diana or Aphrodite or one of those sex goddesses. He's like, I know they sacrifice and stuff down at, at the temple of, of, of the sex temple during the week. And then they come uh, to, to the Ephesus church. And he's like, I know it's tough. But Timothy, I know you're worn down. I know you're beat down. But stir up the gift in you, Timothy. Stir up the gift. Remember, Timothy, when I was with you and I laid hands and the power of God came upon you, uh, Timothy? Remember the faith that, that Eunice, your, your grandma and your mama, they laid hands on you and they prayed you over. Brandon, you know what I'm talking about, man. You are living out prayers of your grandmother. It's the fruit of their prayers that you are here in this room today. But I'm telling you, he says, stir the gift up in you. You know what? Revival is every Sunday, my friend. We come in this room to get revived. That's what, why we come into this room. And hopefully if I ever get to the message and off this soapbox, uh, you know, you'll understand. But, but we come into this room to get revived. Dude, I'm telling you, praise God for what's happened at Asbury. Praise God for what's happened at, at Lee and uh, this university and Texas A&M and all, all these different universities. Praise God for that. But, but if you want to be revived, if you cannot get revived in your own home church, something's wrong. Something is wrong. And hey, it might be you. It might be these people up here on this stage. But I'm telling you what, I know one person up here on this stage, it ain't, and it's me. It is not me. Because you don't know my life. You don't, you're not with me throughout the week. But those of you who are close to me, you know that when I step up on this stage, I'm not stepping up here after being laying on the couch all week watching my favorite Netflix series. I'm not saying I don't watch Netflix. I'm just saying. <laughs> Revival is for the church. An awakening, which is really what we need to be hungering for, we listen to me, there ain't going to be any awakening until there's a revival. Like, we have to have revival in us personally before awakening will happen. Awakening is for the world. Awakenings are usually not uh, geographically limited. You will have some uh, revivals will be limited in geographical locations, and they only last for a season, a while. Awakenings many times are global, and they last for a long period of time. And we could be moving into one of these last great awakenings, the last great awakening. We could be moving into that period because we're beginning to see this all over the United States. And now you're beginning to see it outside of... And listen, can I just tell you, we're late to the party, guys. We, the United States is late to the party. This is something that has already been happening all over the globe in other places. Praise God for what we're seeing. Praise God that he is raising up and doing something through the church that nobody gets to take credit for it, that there are no super celebrity hands on it. You know, as a matter of fact, I'm not a celebrity, but any of, of, of the leaders should be stepping back and going, go son, 
Go, son. Go, daughter. Go, go. You've been raised up. You've been trained up. You know, you've been in this. And use it. Let God do whatever he's going to do through you. And it will look like, and that's one of the things, man, it will look different than the past. So many times when we get involved, we want to bring, we want to revive the, you know, instead of birthing what God's trying to do new in the earth. That's the truth. That's the truth. This is what, look at this. As I immerse myself in Holy Spirit, the Father increases the circles of my influence. I want to take a minute for you to get that because I'm going to go in and I'm going to dissect this for you. We've been talking about Holy Spirit. All right, our influence. All of John chapter 15 that we went through as we talked about increase. Increase in what? Increase in Christ. Holy Spirit. Bearing fruit. As I increase in Christ. Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I'm going away and another comforter, paraclete, helper, comforter will come. When that comforter comes, he's going to convict the world of sin and he's going to convict the church to righteousness. All right? That's what he said. So he said, when Holy Spirit comes, Holy Spirit, the paraclete helper, has been with you, but now he's going to be in you. In other words, Christ is the first comforter, the first paraclete. The paraclete is just the Greek word for comforter. The advocate is another uh, English word for paraclete. But the first is Christ. But he said, I'm going away. I'm fixing to take my next assignment on, and the third part of the Trinity is coming. And I I know I didn't say that right, but we don't have English words to explain the Trinity. You understand that, right? So even trying to teach the Trinity in English is hard to do. It's kind of like if you, you... Unless you've traveled the world and you've been in some other countries and it's like, well, what's the word for? And they're like, we don't have a word for that. You you know what I'm saying? Like, we have a word. They don't have a word for that. They just have an understanding, a concept, but they they don't have a word for it. We do not have accurate English words to describe the Godhead. How can we describe the Godhead? He is infinite, yet we're trying to to narrow his character and his substance down to mere words. Holy Spirit is now going to be in us while Christ is on assignment in heaven preparing. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. While I'm going to prepare a place for you, Holy Spirit is going to come. Father's going to send this comforter. And so as I immerse myself in Holy Spirit, Think about it. As I immerse myself in Holy Spirit, the Father increases my circles of influence. We're fixing to read Acts chapter 1 and 2, and we're going to figure out what that means, what I just said to you on the screen. It'll make a lot more sense uh, in just a few minutes. All right, so Acts chapter 1. Let's go there real quick. Acts chapter 1. You there? All right. So... Luke is writing this book, and I'm going to jump down to verse 4. He says, once when Jesus, he was eating with them, he commanded them, 
Don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized you with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. All right? Stop. Let's talk about it for a second. He's, he's already told them to go to Jerusalem. He says, when you get there, don't leave. Stay there until the blessing comes, the promised Holy Spirit comes, the gift of the Spirit comes. And he said, John, how John baptized with water, well, there's another that's fixing to come, and it's the comforter. He's going to baptize you. Jesus is going to baptize in Holy, Holy Ghost and fire, Holy Spirit and fire. So in verse 6, look at this. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Hang on a second. Jesus is telling you that Holy Spirit is coming. And what are they asking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but what about Jerusalem? What about, what about us? Like, when, when are you restoring things? When are you restoring the kingdom? It's funny how we will, we will turn revival in, into all about us. See, he's telling us, like, who is he speaking to? He's speaking to believers. And he's about to tell them, you guys are going to experience a revival. that is, It's like the revival of all revivals. And he's like, you guys are fixing it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what about, what about Jerusalem? When are you going to restore, the, when, when are you, when are you gonna restore the, the kingdom here? And Jesus replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates. And they are not for you to know. You know what that equates to? Mind your own business. He was a wordsmith. I ain't that great at it. He's like, mind your own business. Like, that's not for you to know. Get, come, get on back over here into your own lane. Pay attention to what I, I'm trying to tell you about revival. I'm trying to tell you about the coming of the Holy Spirit. You're worried about what's happening over here politically. Come on now. Don't let me get back on that soapbox. Um, he says, those are not for us to know. But, as I was saying, he said, but... You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Um, all right, so um, look at this. I'm, I'm going to scroll through a few of these. This is what I just read you. You'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You'll be baptized. That word there in the Greek is baptizo. It means you will be uh, immersed. You will be immersed. And so he's like, you know, we know what baptism looks like, right? Everybody in here should know what baptism looks like. But, but look at this. Like, it's with the water, but it's not in the water. It's with the water. But, but it's not in the water. It's on the water. He says, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, I have friends in the Wesleyan Church. You might have been in the Wesleyan Church, Methodist Church, uh, the Catholic Church. And, you know, you might have gotten baptized. And, you know, and they, they pour some water, sprinkle it. You know, this, this is kind of how it looks like. You know, they pour the water out on you. 
that's not a biblical example. You can do it. I don't think anybody's baptism is invalid if they got baptized that way. That's okay. It's the heart, the sentiment behind it. But the biblical examples of we, that we have are immersion. It's immersion. So, you know, this thing here is like when you are immersed in the spirit, like, you know, so many people are, are just that, you know, floating. They're just floating. They're with Christ. You know, they have a good understanding of spiritual things. But man, when, you're, when you are immersed in it, dude, you soak it up. Like your life is completely immersed, meaning that, that you, you are, um, your business, become, it, it, it's not even your business. It's God's business. You're just an element there to be used for his glory. Your family, man, your family is dedicated to the Lord. Uh, your car, man, is, it's just four wheels for Jesus. That's, I'm serious. It's like, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm just telling you, that's how I am with my stuff. I'm like, I'm not stingy with my stuff. I used to be, man, what if they scratch it? What if they wreck it? What if they, what if they, what if they, what if they? And I'm like, you know what? This isn't mine anyway, man. Everything I have is his. And so, you know, you, you, you begin to do this. So you, you get in a situation over here and you've got some situation in your life. And when you have immersed yourself in the spirit, when you are over here, you, you leak. You leak in that situation. You get over here somewhere and, and man, somebody's needing something. Well, guess what? You leak. You just leak into that situation because you've been in the spirit. You get over here in this situation and what do you do? You're pouring out. You're pouring out. You're pouring out. But at some point, what happens is this gets empty. And now what happens, you get in a situation, this is why it's so important in ministry. Like, we just, we're giving out right now. We're giving out right now. Well, we have to refill ourselves. You, as believers, should refill yourselves. That's what this gathering is for, for us to refill ourselves. Because now I'm going back into another situation and... There's nothing to give. Why? Because I haven't been revived. I haven't been back to the water. I haven't been baptized again. I, I've, I've got to go to this. Come on, folks, listen to me. There are some dead people in this room. Now, you can get upset with me, and I don't. That's not my heart for you to be upset. My heart for you is Jesus talking to the church, and you can sit there. You can be cold in your tracks where you stay, or you can be an instrument of revival. But how, are, how do you get that? You get it by coming back and immersing yourself again. You come back, and you immerse yourself again. But I want to show you what happens. When you come and you give out and you pour and you give 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 and life takes its toll and you give and you give and you give and now I'm coming back 
but I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to, I'm here. I'm here. Listen to me. Y'all can think whatever you want to think. I'm just done with that, caring about what people think. Like, you can come into this room, sit there like a turtle on a log, not lift your hands, not engage with the music, not engage with the sermon. I'm just telling you what, if you come to Destiny Church and you fall asleep in the middle of a sermon, my friend, you need to do one of two things. You need to go be checked for some kind of sleep apnea, and I'm not joking, narcolepsy or something. You need to go get checked out for that. And I actually had a man to come and tell me, a friend of mine that came and told me one time, he said, Bro, uh, uh, brother, man, I'm telling you, it's not that I think your messages are boring, but I really do have uh, a mild degree of narcolepsy. And he said, so when you see me dozing off, he's like, it, you know, I, I get that. But it's either some kind of narcolepsy or you, you just are not prepared spiritually. Yeah. I was out too late last night. What? What do you want me to say to that? Are you going to tell your boss that tomorrow morning? No. Why? Because you worship mammon more than you worship God. Are you going to tell your boss that? I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to yawn in the middle of the presentation. I just stayed out late last night. No. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You are going to set your alarm. You're going to get your act together. You're going to drink as many cups of coffee because you know when it's there, it's showtime. You know when you're there in the office, when you're there to make the presentation, you know you're there and there's a job to do. Why do we treat God with such disdain? That we don't treat the world with. We'll treat the world with more honor and dignity than we do God. So you'll come. You'll come, Jesus. I'm going to have to take some Nexium or something after this because I'm, I'm on my soapbox. There the spirit is. Yeah, but I'm not feeling it today. Do you, do you know how many days in the last five years... I have come to this church and I hadn't felt like it. Do you know how many times I have fought off the demon of depression? Like literally. I'm fighting, I'm not now, but I would be fighting it. Do you, rem do you know how many times I have had certain elders of this church lay hands on me before I go out there? I Brian, I remember one day we, I prayed with you, right, you prayed for me right behind that door. And I said, if you'll just ask the Lord to give me enough strength for two hours. That's all I need, two hours. And then I can go back and, and do whatever it, you know, what you do when you're depressed, which is really try to isolate yourself, close the curtain, stay in bed, you know, that kind of stuff. But you know what kept me going, my friends? When I was in those situations, I did not allow this. I did not allow this to happen to me. I'm like, pray for me for two hours. That's all I need. <laughs> That's all I need. And I came in, man, and I'm telling you what, never did I leave that I wasn't this. Why? Because even though my body didn't want to do it, 
these hands went in the air. Even though I didn't want to stand up and put the smile on. Well, you just being fake. No, I'm summoning the spirit of joy. I'm summoning the spirit of joy. And I'm telling this body, you don't get to control me. I control you. I am not carnal led. I am spirit led. And so I'm going to go out. I'm putting a smile on my face. I'm going to get into the word. The word is going to refresh me. But I ain't going to float on top of the water. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to, let me see if I immerse this. Will it sink? I don't know if it's going to completely sink, but we'll see. No. It, well, it, yeah, I guess it would sink if I had enough water left in there. So, when you and I immerse ourselves in Holy Spirit, when we immerse ourselves in Holy Spirit, there's something that's going to happen, and he's going to increase your circles of influence. Look at this. He says, Baptism is immersion. Uh, then he says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he says you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. Witness is influence. Witness is influence. When you are witnessing to people, you're influencing them. Many times you're not even, y'all have heard the quote, I've quoted it in this series. St. Francis of Assisi said, preach the gospel everywhere you go and if necessary, use words. But you don't even have to use words. It's a smile. It's, you know, it's an attitude where we influence people. Um, look at this. He says, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So what's, what's happening? You will be witnesses, influencers in these places. Jerusalem, well, they're very concerned about Jerusalem. They just asked him, when are you going to restore the kingdom of, in Jerusalem? So in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria... That's the armpit of Israel. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody wants to go through, is, uh, through Samaria. Those people are dogs. That's what they referred to. The Jews referred to the, uh, the, the citizens of Samaria as dogs. That's people we don't like. He said, no, no. Because in the kingdom, we like everybody. You know, you might not. Well, let me say it like this. We love everybody. We might not like everybody, but love supersedes like. This is what I tell my family. Love is what keeps us together when we don't like each other. Love, as a, as a matter of fact, if you take that as a family of God, love keeps the family of God together when we don't like each other. I can, some of y'all don't like me tonight, right now. But if you love me, you know that I'm not judged on the totality of these, you know, 45 minutes. When we love, love is what the kingdom is all about. And he says, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And all of you are not going to go to the ends of the earth. There are some people. I've tried to get Shay's mom on a plane and let me take her to Greece and other places that I, I know she would love. She's like, Nope, not getting on a plane. She's not going to go to the ends of the earth. She's just not. But Jesus, he's speaking to his witnesses here, and he said, you might not, but you will. And you might not do, do this one, but you will. So collectively, we're going to do this. Look at this. So he says, this is increasing our circle of influence. So when we immerse ourselves in him, allow ourselves to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, 
then he increases our influence and increases those circles of influence. Listen, don't, don't, don't be out there trying to influence empty. When you try to influence empty, it causes trouble. Can I just tell you, if you're a person, and, and I don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings. It is what it is today, okay? If drama follows you, you are, I, I'm telling you. If drama follows you and you find yourself in constant drama, I promise you, you are not under the influence of the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that things, situations, and stuff, because, like, I could be saying to myself, uh, you know, in my life, I have drama all the time, but, you know, I deal with people, you know, and their drama. But I'm, I'm like, if you find yourself in the midst of it, man, check how immersed you are. Check how immersed you are in the Spirit. There's three types of witnesses. There's three types of witnesses. We talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago. The Greek word for witness is martus. It means one who bears witness to what he's uh, seen and what he's heard. And here's where we get our Greek word for martyr. That, that's strange. That it's translated the English word witnesses, but what really would be a more apropos translation there would be, and you, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon me, and you'll be my martyrs. Now, hang on, Jesus. Ain't nobody looking at dying. But what he's saying is, hey, will you lay your life down? Will you lay your life down? Will you lay your life down? Even when it comes to worship, lay yourself aside. Leave yourself outside the building when you come in. Leave you outside the building and come in and say, what are we supposed to do in this room? <laughs> what, why am I here? You know, if you go into a stadium or if you go into a morgue or if, a funeral home or whatever, you know what, why you're there and you know the, you know the accepted protocol and the, the environment and the behavior. Nobody is going to go into a funeral home uh, with their Mardi Gras beads and, you know, and woo! start throwing moon pies out at, you know, the deceased family. Nobody's going to do that. Why? Because you know the protocol. So when we come to church, what is the protocol? I challenge you, go back online and listen to the series Vertical. Just, it, Pastor, I already was here for every one of the, listen to it again. Because it talks about the posture in which you come into the presence of royalty. Like, man, we don't just come. Jesus is our friend, but he is also our father. He is also our king. Like, there's protocol when you approach royalty. And he's given us this, this open door to come boldly to the throne. Like, just come on in, man. Come on in. Yes, and there is still... Like if I came to your house and you said, come on in, man, make yourself at home. Man, glad you said it. Dude, I'm so glad you said it. You know, come on, man. Here, can you get me a drink? You know, let me move this out of the way here, you know. No, dude, there's still a protocol that I would have in your house. Like, man, thank you so much for welcoming me in, into your home. And I still am going to treat you with dignity and respect. So there's three types of witnesses, three types of witnesses. 
The first is an eyewitness. An eyewitness is someone who shares what they've seen or heard, either as a participant or a spectator. You can be an eyewitness and you never once physically participated in it. Man, it was great, you know, or it was terrible, or it was whatever. How do you know? Well, I was standing there and I watched it all, or I overheard it. I heard what went on. But I'm telling you what, we are called to be partakers and not spectators. We're called to participate. Everything, listen, everything about the Christian faith is participatory. When we take the... Holy uh, Supper, whatever tradition you grew up in, some call it the Eucharist, some call it Holy Communion, some call it the whatever you call it. But when we take communion, that's a participatory. You know, I don't stand up front and go, hey guys, we're going to take communion today. Watch me take it, you know. Hopefully you'll kind of get the experience. I'm going to break the bread right now. I'm taking it, you know. Here's the wine, the juice, whatever. Here I am. And y'all are just sitting there watching. No, why? Because it's participatory. Everything we do. Like, hey, you're not going to come in and watch us. You're not coming to watch us worship. Like, we're not putting a show on up here. That's why, you know, I had a guy to ask me one time, like, why do you turn around on the stage sometimes? And I'm like, because I want to. (laughs) Like, why do you turn away from the audience sometimes? Because I'm like, because I just want to get into a place like, it's hard to get into some privacy in here. Especially four feet above you. Like, it's hard. So I'm going over here for a minute, you know? And I just want to... And then Stephen's staring in my face, you know? Uh, but, but, But when we come in, it's like we participate. You're not here to watch us. If you are, go to a different church. Because... They are way better than we are when it comes to, you know, singing and, and different things and yada, yada, yada. And I'm not, I'm not trying to seek for an applause or pat on the back. I'm just saying that's a lot of places fo- focus. They, they want to be that. I'm like, we're not looking to be. Now, don't get me wrong. We want to do things with the best level of excellence that we as a church of our size and budget can do. But at the end of the day, I don't care about any of that stuff. Did we press in? Did we draw close to God? Did we make God the the most important thing during our time together? That's the most important thing. So an eyewitness, you know, can be a spectator. They can be a participant. I choose to be a participant. I don't see how you cannot be a participant in the community of faith. I'm telling you what, I mean, I've said this, I've said this, I, I don't want you to do it because I ask you to do it. It would be great if you did do it because I ask you to do it because I'm the spiritual leader and I'm asking you to do something that honors God and not me. But I just feel like everybody in this house should have their hands raised. I mean, I just feel like, My arms get tired, Pastor Rife. I get it. I get it. 
I just feel like everybody ought to be a participant. I don't know the songs. I don't even like some of the songs. So we're back to it being, it's all about you. It's all about you. Well, you don't understand. I do understand because I used to be that person. I, you, I'm telling you, when your heart is sincere, God will point the error of your ways out. I'm like, God, I hate this song that they're singing. And our pastor and his wife and their son and the rest of the team would start singing the song. And I'm like, I had just hated it. And it just sounded so hokey, and it sounded self-serving, and there were some things that I didn't understand, all right? I'm going to give you an example. And it was like, they'd get to going, and they'd be over there on the bass, boom, 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 I'm going to get me a blessing, I'm going to get me a blessing, and everybody's singing about a blessing, I'm going to get me a blessing. And this whole song was just about blessing, and I'm like, oh, God, I just hate this song. I hate it. And, of course, there was probably a lot of other good stuff in the song that I wasn't listening to because I was hung up on that one point. And I'm like, oh, Lord. And they're fixing to go crazy about the third time they sing this. Everybody's going to go crazy. And I'm sitting in these big master throne chairs on the stage that my feet will barely even touch the floor. And I'm like, it's fixing to throw down at about the third round of this. And I'm going to look so unspiritual. I'm just, I'm telling you, I'm having this conversation with Jesus and me and Holy Spirit. You know, we're just, and I'm like... Do I fake it? <laughs> fake it till you make it, man. Fake it till... No, do I fake it? Do, what, what? I'm like, and I'm not a faker. I am not a faker. I don't fake that stuff. And so I'm like, I know when they get to the third round of this that it's going to go berserk. Because, man, they, they had their little music. They had it together. And it's like the energy starts welling up and, and everything. And this is what... Holy Spirit said to me in the middle of all of this, am I not worth it? Just because you don't like the song. Am I not worth? He said, listen to the words of the song. Listen, where does the blessing come from? What is the blessing? The blessing is the Spirit of God. What is the blessing? Like, the blessing is God himself. Like, do you not want a blessing? Like, do you not want me? I'm just telling man, me and Holy Spirit, we're just having this conversation right here, and he's just kind of, you know, just putting me in my place. And the Lord just taught me a lesson right there. Like, what did you come into this room to do? What did you come into this room to do? Does it matter what song? Even if you don't like the song. Well, it's theologically, and I'm not singing that song. It's theologically incorrect. Well, it might be, and that's a place where you can talk about that later, but don't get mad, go outside, and want to sit in the lobby all day and eat donuts until church is over because there's one song that was a little maybe theologically off. No, that's a conversation for later, but put your hands in the, I can't, I can't validate that song. You're not validating the song. Like, I'm not going to validate your attitude right now. You know, I'll pass you by. I'm just saying, man. 
It's all about participation, and that can maybe see, seem like, I'm, uh, like it's self-serving for me as a pastor. I'm telling you it's not. The more you participate at every level, the more you participate in a community of faith at every level, the greater the return is going to be. And you know what the return is called? Blessing. The blessing. Eyewitness, character witness, someone who vouches for the character of another Man, when I looked at this one, I'm like, wow. So I will be his eyewitness. I will be his character witness. Now, here's the thing. Does my character, does your character, does our character vouch for his character? Woo! Like, does my life vouch for him? Because the way I live my life, People look at that and go, well, what are you supposed to be a reflection of? Like, come on, man. I know you've seen enough CSI and, you know, whatever those shows are, you know, boom, 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 boom. You know, I don't know that show. Shay, I think that's her show. But I know you've seen enough of them that they've had character witnesses and you already saw the scenes before it that you know that guy's a rat and he's got some character witness up on the stand and he's saying, man, he's a saint. He's awesome. But you know he murdered the guy, in, you know, in the scene right before this. That the, that the witness is not reflective of who they really are. Man, I'm telling you, our witness... Operating in the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, faithfulness, kindness, goodness, self-control. Like our character should reflect the goodness of God. It should vouch for him. When people look at us, it's like, dude, like tell me more. Tell me more. Like, you know, when, when, when over here we're squirting water out, well, that in a, ser- in, in a, in a uh, situation where somebody, they've seen how you walk through peace, all right? You're walking through peace. Maybe, maybe it's like uh, Quentin and Sierra, they lost their child. Well, they didn't lose their child, but they have stage four cancer. And they saw how you dealt with that. They see your character, your ability to to be spirit-sustained and self-controlled in the middle of living hell. And they're going through it just a different flavor of it that your influence is like, tell me more. Tell me more. How are you doing it? How are you even functioning? Because I see this. It's influencing me. Tell me more. Open door. For this is what it feels like. God can be with you during this time. You know, I mean, the, 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 it's endless, the possibilities of ministry for, for that person just in influencing and our character being the influence. The last one is an expert witness. This is someone who's highly experienced in the subject, highly experienced in it. You call in an expert witness because they have an, an incredible amount of personal knowledge, work experience, X number of years in the, the ministry. I had some people to not too long ago call me about a situation in their church. And, and uh, you know how I was able to help them? Because I've been through a bigger version of what I feel like they're going through. Do you know that 
I'm an expert witness to them. Why? Because I went through it. I lived through it. I experienced it. I see the successes and the failures of it. And I'm, I'm able to help them in their situation. Why? Because I am an expert witness because I've experienced that. Man, people need people like you that you've experienced some stuff. You've been through some stuff. But they need people who have not experienced it and threw the towel in. Do you know how many ministers and how many Christians have left the faith because somebody hurt them and they got butt hurt over something and they're no longer serving God? And like, you can't help people. Why? Because you walked away. You didn't walk through it with success. You didn't walk through it with victory. You didn't walk through it. Listen, I'm telling you, I've been through some stuff, and some of y'all know the stuff that I've been through. I've been through some stuff. I got wounded. I've wounded myself in many of the times, self-inflicted wounds, but I got up, and I'm standing here today to tell you that it's the grace of God that I made it through some of this stuff. It's the grace of God. And in every situation, what do I tell them as an expert witness? Do not, do not, whatever you do, walk away. Go forward instead of back. We were not made to go in reverse. We were made to only go forward. Draw close to him. If you want to know what true revival is, just go read. I think it's James chapter 4. I think it's James chapter 4 where he says, draw close to me. He says, draw close to me, and God will draw close to you. He says, and repent, because you've been double-minded. Your loyalty between God and the world has been, your loyalty's divided. And you're over here in the world some, and you're over here with God some, and stop that. Stop it. Make your mind up who you're going to serve. Make it up. And he says, draw close to God and repent. That is, as a matter of fact, let me, let me see if I can find James. James chapter 4. Okay, here it is. Verse 7. Humble yourselves before God. You know what that is? I decrease as you increase. I'm starting to like that song a little more, but now, Pastor. <laughs> I decrease, I'm humbling myself. As you increase, humble yourself before the Lord. Resist the devil, and he will flee f from you. Come close to God, draw close to God, and God will draw close to you. And then he says, Wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. And then he says, let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourself before the Lord. All right. And I'm not going to read those last few lines. I'll read them in just a second. He just said, let there be gloom instead of joy. Let there be tears instead of laughter. Listen, bro. When revival looks, you know, a lot, a lot of times we're thinking revival is, uh, you know, uh, blessed be the name of the Lord and everybody's shouting and celebration and everything. Oh, oh yeah, that, we're going to get to that. But do not drag your tail up in here, waving your banner, 
sounding your shofar, getting up and doing your jiggy dance. Don't do any of that, none of that, none of that, none of that until you humble yourself. Don't do any of that. Don't want to hear any of that until. You don't believe me? Go read. I believe it's Amos chapter 4 where he's like, stop, stop, stop. Away with me. Away with me. Uh, with, with that from me. These people, they, they, they praise me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Like, see how all this talk ties together? He says, man, there needs to be a contrite spirit, a broken spirit. Holy Spirit, break us. Come and oh. Like, he overtakes those he breaks. There's a, there's a breaking. There is a contrition. There's a coming. There's a laying out saying, God, I'm done with me. I need more of you. Baptize me in your spirit, God. And then, let me get back there. He says this. Verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. And he will lift you up in honor. So he's not saying, you know, that we stay down in that place of gloom. He's not saying that we stay down in that place of, of, of weeping and gnashing of teeth. He's saying, come to me with the right heart. Come to me in the right posture, and I'll lift you up. I will lift you up. And I'm just telling you, man, what God lifts up, no man can put down. What God lifts up, when he, when he lifts you up, when he sets you in a place of whatever it is, listen, everybody else's business will fail, but yours will be standing. Everybody else's marriage might be failing, but yours will be thriving. Everybody else's whatever, whatever might be, but yours will be. Why? Because the Lord has raised you and me up. So this is it. As I immerse myself in the Holy Spirit, the Father increases the circles of my influence. He increases the circles of your influence. He increases also your influence in those circles. Because you're still going in those circles. You're going in. When you leave here today, you're going into those circles. The circles are there. But what will your influence be like in those circles? Come on, man. Immerse yourself in him. Draw close to him and let him draw close to you. This is how you can put it into action. All right? Just two ways. All right? Number one. Seek receive and grow in the spirit seek receive and grow in the spirit um i was going to give this away to some kid in here but for the sake of time let me just do it like this seek him seek the spirit of god seek more of him we want more. It's not just a song. Everything that we've done today is to point us to this time. Seek him. But when you, he's giving it, but you got to receive it. 
Wesley, can you just come real, real fast right here and, and help me illustrate this? Um, all right. So all I had in my wallet, I know he wishes it was a $100 bill, but all I had in my wallet was five. Um, so uh, you're not going to receive this, but I'm giving it to you. But if you don't receive it, it will never, like, never do you any good. It's not that we're not going to be friends, not going to be in a relationship, but man, I've got this here for you. All right. Now, go ahead and receive it. All right. So, so now you received it. That's $5. All right. So what's that little store up there below five? Like, man, you can take the kids five below. You can take the kids out there and, you know, get them some little, little, little thing, or you cannot. You can take that and you can just put it up. I remember, man, my mom and dad, I don't know what they had, but they had something about $2 bills. And they would save them. And they saved those things for years. And I don't know if you saw the article that came out a, a few days ago. But now $2 bills, if you got some, you need to check it out because they can be over four worth over $4,000. All right? The Lord wants you to bring those and give them to the church. <laughs> but, but listen, listen. But my parents, they never did anything with those and kept them forever. And then, the, and then they did get rid of them. Dadgummit. But if you never spend that, what is the difference between that and this? Like, it has value, but if you don't activate it, it's, worth, it's, it's, it's literally a piece of paper with a five on it. There's connect, this one doesn't. This has potential value in it. But it does not become kinetic, active, until he goes to five below. If he doesn't do that, it's just paper. You can give that to the boys. Thanks. But, but look, so many times, man, in our, in our life, this is how we are with the Spirit of God. Like, God's given it. I'm not sure you received it or not. And many times when we even receive it, we don't spend it. We don't activate it. We don't use it. So it's just valueless. Something that you've given. I, I, there, there are people that I didn't understand. Now, in, in our tradition, and if you've been around here, you, you would know this. But in our tradition, and I'll get into this more next week, but... There's, uh, there's this, this, this phenomenon. Uh, it's really not phenomenal. It really isn't. And I can't get too deep in that. But there's this phenomenon of speaking in tongues. It's really not a phenomenon. I'll explain that le- next week. But many times that, um, that accompanies being baptized in the Holy Spirit, a spirit-filled life. But I didn't understand uh, one time or, or over a period of time, I would see people and it's like in the tradition that Shay and I grew up in, there was a heavy emphasis on that. I am like the Apostle Paul. I speak in tongues as much as all of you. I, that's a part of my life. Not ashamed of it. Very, you know, blessed that that's a part of my life. But we miss the point. It's about being witnesses. 
That's what, the, that's what that power is about. It's not for you to speak in tongues. It's about being witness. And I couldn't reconcile some things as a teenager. I would see people speak in tongues, and then they lived the most hellish life and terrible witness in the backbiters, gossipers, you know, just really, really, really bad witness. And so, you know what that caused me to do, church? It caused me in my later teen years to almost give up on the gifts of the Spirit. I want you to think about how important our witness is. It caused me to almost give up on the gifts of the Spirit and think, well, that's just not real. Because if we're supposed to receive power, why aren't more people walking in power? Why aren't more people walking in love? Why aren't more people operating? Yeah, I see they're speaking in tongues over here. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I get that I saw, you know, whatever lady laying down and, you know, worshiping or whatever. But, you know, she's in adultery. Like, and she, she's just mean. You follow me? And what it caused me to do, it caused me to question, is this real? I don't have my time. I don't have time for fake, man. Thank you, Jesus, that I went through that period of soul searching. And the Lord showed me the reality and the depth and the beauty of what it truly means to grow. See, I wasn't growing in it. I, well, I was, but I had not grown in the spirit. I had received the spirit. I sought the spirit, but I had not grown in it yet. And as I grew in the spirit, I began to know more things about the spirit and how to operate in the spirit. It's beautiful. So receive the spirit. And then this last thing, and we're going to pray and I'm going to let you leave. Um, determine if you're going to participate or just be a spectator. Determine if you're going to be a spectator. Now listen to me. What I'm fixing to say to you is hard. It's a harsh statement I'm fixing to make to you. But I've checked my heart and I know my heart is in the right place. I've also checked the scripture and I have a scriptural example that followed Jesus. And Jesus, when he was doing the teaching on the 10, uh, not, uh, sorry, not the 10 commandments, uh, on uh, the Lord's Supper, when he was doing, take my body, eat my flesh, drink my blood. They're like, hey, whoa, wait, 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 wait. It's way too much. We can't handle this. No, we're not getting into that. We're not getting into cannibalism. We're not getting into all that. See, they were so hard-hearted and so much about this, they couldn't see the metaphor. They weren't hearing the heart. And many people walked away from the Lord that day. And he looked at the 12 and he said, well, you leave too. They're like, where are we going to go? You ruined us. Like, we can't go. We know who you are. You're the Messiah. All right, so that's the grounds where I'm about to say what I'm fixing to say to you. All right? Many walked away, but Jesus said, He said, These are the things of truth. These are the, th it's the truth, and the truth sets us free. Determine if you're going to be a participant or a spectator. As I'm saying this, I know that I'm speaking to a, a wide variety of people. S stick with me for a second. I know it's late and I know you want to go. And I'm fixing to try to let you. 
but stick with me. I know that we have visitors here. So, you know, maybe your first, second time here. I know that we have people that are at the beginning of their faith. You're not very far along in your faith journey. I know that there are people here that have been in the faith longer than I've been in the faith. And I've been in the faith for at least 35 years. Here's the hard thing that I'm about to say to you. Determine if you're going to be a participant or a spectator. Do you know how many right answers there are to that? There's two answers, but there's one right answer. Only a participant. If you are going to be a spectator. Now, listen, you don't have to get to superstar participant status overnight and next week when you come in you don't have to be down front speaking in tongues slain in the spirit up on the stage playing you know a new instrument you you don't have to get to it's a journey it's growth but if you are not willing to participate find another body to worship at Like if you, that's the hard part. If you're not going to, will you do me a favor? Will you do destiny a favor? Because listen, there are places that you can go that you can just walk in. You don't have to do anything but sit down and you don't have to do anything but get up at the end. There's the end. It requires nothing of you except getting out of the bed and a little bit of gas in your car to get there. But if you are not going to participate, if you are going to live your life as a spectator, there are other places that you can do that. But please don't hold Destiny Church back. Don't hold us back. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you and I'm giving you out. I'm giving you a nice out. But please don't hold Destiny Church back. God has a destiny on this church. And we're not there yet. 